0: And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel. We are at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. Returning again today, we have Alex Thompson from the Independence Day Minute.
1: Hey, Alex. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me back.
0: We're right in the middle of this conversation. I couldn't let you leave without finishing what happens. Ooh. This is uh this is uh, a good uh a bit of meaty uh conversation going on today. Uh minute 94 of Iron Man. 94. On today's show, the minute starts with Obadiah telling Pepper how happy he was and ends with Pepper thanking Obadiah for telling her that Tony doesn't know how lucky he is. Ah. It's kind of a a, a a heavy moment of Obadiah conversation. He's real heavy here. He's kind of, his voice is like almost dropped an octave. He's like, really deep. Yeah, I'm way down in my register here. It's Jeff Bridges. I smoked yeah. a lot of cigarettes to get here in my youth. He really is uh, hanging out down there in this minute. And it, it, he plays, again, going back to what we were talking about in the last minute. The whole idea of this duality in his conversation, you know, last time it feels like, did he catch her in the act? Is he saying all this because, ah, what are we going to do? But now it really has kind of taken a turn where it seems like he's talking about Tony. And that seems to be what he's focusing on is this whole idea that Tony never really came back. But mm-hmm. it also feels like there's this subtext here, like Obadiah knows she's up to more than than she's letting on, but he can't quite figure it out yet. The way that he comes around and we get that point of view of the computer as he's looking at the screensaver, it just feels like he's very suspicious and he's trying to figure things out still.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Plus he's got that fantastic like zigzag vein bulging on the side of his head. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Boy, I, I sure hope that he came back and uh, uh, grabbed and finished that other drink when uh, Pepper leaves. Because his- <laughs> we know she did not down it in the the thirty seconds before the scene ends and before she walks away. That's expensive whiskey. That's going to go to waste.
0: I don't think we ever see him give it to her. He must just set it on the I, desk. I think right? he just
1: set it on the desk for her.
0: Yeah, because because his hand just goes right into the pot his pocket. As we see in this, he mm-hmm. he's got his drink and his other hand's in the pocket as he goes to sit yeah. down on the other corner of the desk and kind of talk with her.
1: Very madman esque, one hand in pocket, other hand on drink.
0: <laughs> yes, it is very madman esque. <laughs> uh, and this, it, it's interesting. This is her first time. Uh, she knew nothing of what was going on with Obadiah. Tony, as far as we know, and it it wouldn't have made sense, Tony has never filled her in on the fact that Obadiah is the one who got him uh, booted from the company. And so this is her first time ever getting a sense that Obadiah is a bad
1: guy. Wait, does she not know that? Does she she doesn't know that Obadiah was the one who booted him from the company Oops. because
0: what we see is we see uh, we see Obadiah tell Tony after the fundraiser, and yeah. then Tony comes home and he's angry and as he's angry he's working on his his suit and he goes from uh, being angry and and you know powering up his report Uh, And blasting his apartment apart Mm -hmm. because he finds out this news about Golmira. And the next thing we see is him flying off to Golmira. And and we don't, there's no interaction between, in the finished film, there's no interaction between Pepper and Tony until um, he's back from destroying the terrorists in Golmira. Mm -hmm. And she finds him in his workshop um, getting the parts of his suit taken off.
1: The only counterpoint I would have to that though is even though we don't see it I would suspect though that she is aware of the day-to-day dealings going on in the company and probably is aware of whatever transpired in that board meeting where he voted to kick Tony out.
0: That's entirely possible. I just don't know if we if she would have the information that that Obadiah is the no, one. Yeah, it's yeah. never
1: explicitly stated in the movie that Pepper knows that, but uh, me just putting two and two together, given that she is the secretary slash helper slash whatever you want to call her of the CEO, she probably knows that.
0: Yeah, it's possible. So, and I would assume that by the time that information is out there, um, that the 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 actual votes and who voted um, is in her hands, and so she probably does see that Obadiah voted against. Tony, along with the rest of the board, and so mm-hmm. I, I guess that that could be something that she would be aware of. But she she wouldn't necessarily have a sense of the nefariousness of everything that's going
1: on. Oh no 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 no! But because like we said, um, last minute, if. Obadiah on the one hand if you if you don't have the genre savviness of a lot of viewers where the moment Jeff Bridges' character appears at the beginning of the movie you start going bad guy bad guy he's completely reasonable here that our company <laughs> makes weapons and our CEO just had a life-changing experience and decided that we don't make weapons anymore yeah. you know Obadiah Obadiah's point of view in that regard is a very reasonable one.
0: Yeah. And so I think reasonably Pepper could assume that it all makes sense. I mean, the stocks yeah. are dropping and all this sort of stuff. And of course, the the board is going to vote him out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So realistically, this moment of having seen this, uh, I mean, she knows he's up to something. Well, I don't know. Does she? Because when Tony has her, he gives her the lock chip and says, get the shipping manifests. He doesn't say it's on on Obadiah's hard drive. Like, Mm. the name never comes up. So, And and she doesn't have to type anything. She sticks this lock chip in. It does all the work for her. But she does ask, what are you up to, Obadiah? So, somehow, she must have some suspicions of Obadiah at this point.
1: Mm. Well, so I'm trying to think. Did Tony say specifically that she's going to steal stuff from Obadiah's computer? Or...
0: No, all he says is, uh, you know, I want you to go copy all the shipping manifests.
1: Yeah, so by the time that, she, that the, the ransom message name checks Obadiah, she's already said Obadiah. So at some point she either knows from the files she looks at that it's Obadiah or she, you know, from those shipping manifests or else she knows some other way that it's Obadiah.
0: Yeah, it's a little, uh, I feel like they missed a beat in the scripting process here.
1: There's there's one linkage in the chain there that we're missing. Right? All of the a sudden, one she's, where he yeah. said the, the one where Tony says something's up with Obi or something yeah, like
0: that. Exactly. We just need a one line,
1: <laughs> or where it logs in and it goes, "Welcome, Mister Stain. You know, right. Something like
0: that. Yeah. Some clue that would give us a that connection yeah. to Obadiah. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't have that. All we know is that us as the viewers, we know Obadiah is a bad guy because he's interacting with Raza, and we also saw him uh, tell Tony that you know he's the one who. Um, got him uh, uh, kicked off the board, and so we yeah. know that he's bad. But as as of this point, this is the first time that Pepper has seen anything. So yeah, we are definitely missing a link here.
1: Yeah. On the other hand, though, again, it's a case where that doesn't jump out at you when you're just watching it. So in a sense, it's kind of the inverse of the the ex, the clunky exposition where you know, characters have to explain things to each other that they clearly already know so that the audience can have it explained to them. In this case, I think it's maybe a good thing that the filmmakers aren't re-explaining something to the audience that the audience already knows just because the character doesn't. You know, the audience already knows Obadiah is at least a little bit dirty here and Pepper's going to investigate Obadiah. We don't, we kind of... I don't know that it necessarily enriches the scene that much if we get an extra five seconds or something where Pepper clearly goes, "Oh, I'm going to look at what Obadiah is doing wrong."
0: Yeah, the the only benefit to to leaving it out and leaving it the way it is is when she sees that video and does her little magic translation tool and finds out Obadiah is the one who hired these people, mm. it just allows for a much better reaction from her. Mm-hmm. And so sure. to that end, yeah. it makes for us, it makes for the scene to play more strongly because it gives us that, that real yeah, sure. uh, shock.
1: So, yeah. So although if she hadn't hit translate on that video, she probably still would have heard, you know, something Arabic, Obadiah stained Tony Stark,
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, why do they say Obadiah stain? Well, and that was yeah. the, a whole joke in the uh, in, in in the world of of people speaking Urdu. When this movie came out uh, earlier in the film, you get to hear a piece of this uh, video as they're making it and. You kind of if you can if you can get enough of a sense of what is actually being talked about, you have this hint that it's not your typical um, terrorist beheading uh-huh. video. This is yeah. actually a video where it's a ransom video, and they're talking to the person who hired them. It just wasn't translated as it yeah. was at this point. So,
1: I mean that that's happened in a few movies. I mean, there's um, the the thing. I think um, the original John Carpenter thing, Uh, if you're if you speak and I just I want to say it's Norwegian, if you speak Norwegian at the start of the movie, when they're hunting after the dog, that is actually the thing. If you speak it, then you know that they're saying, like, look, that dog is not a dog. Let us shoot it or something to that effect. Right. There's right, a right. bit early on in Shaun of the Dead where there's a foreign language uh, radio. I think it might be some Indian language, uh, whereas they're basically saying, like, the dead are coming back to life. You know, but obviously, one, you know, <laughs> most people don't speak the language. And two, Shaun's not paying attention anyway.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, you know, uh, I mean, if you speak the language, there's a lot of times there can be that kind of sport.
0: Yeah. and I think. Largely, it's it's OK to have those in because it just it mm-hmm. makes it a, a kind of little fun nods that, you know, this stuff is out there if you if you're paying attention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, but as far as, as these people go, it's, 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 uh, it works in context of, of Pepper and the rest of the non-Urdu speaking community yeah. who get this surprise at this point in the film. I think it's, yeah. it ends up being a nice surprise and it works well. I know it's a, it, it was a good surprise yeah. for me, yeah. the reveal. I mean, we had already known because of seeing Obadiah and Raza earlier, but, but for Pepper, mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of see that everything wrap up right here
1: and it it enriches the world i guess to know that you know yeah people speak urdu to each other and they're not going to you know put urdu subtitles under uh, you know a hostage video or a a terrorist demand video that's in urdu you know or that they're not you know the you know, the, the characters in The Thing that are Norwegian that are chasing after a dog that's actually a killer alien are are going to say, get away from that thing in the language that they speak, you know? Right, right. You know. It is a layer of verisimilitude, even though if you happen to speak the language, it spoils things for you. But, you know. It's the same way that if you happen to speak another language and you overhear someone's conversation in that language, you are essentially overhearing something they don't think you can understand. So. Yeah.
0: And, you know, to to your point uh, in the last minute, Pepper continues for the bulk of this minute to continue looking very suspicious and, oh, yeah. and has yeah. this great look of fear on her face like I was just caught with my hand in the cookie jar as Obadiah has this conversation with her. And it's not until... Uh, part way through, she kind of um, looks away. It's almost like he has her in this trance and she's super guilty. And she finally breaks mm-hmm. away and kind of regains her composure and gets a smile back on her face and talks about Tony being a complex guy. and And she finds that way to kind of get through this, which is really nice.
1: I also think there is a fear in her because I think to this point, Up until she comes into this office, um, let's assume that she doesn't know coming in that Obadiah is a bad guy, whatever. You know, she might think Obadiah, maybe, you know, he's a jerk or whatever. I don't know what she thinks of him as a person. Uh, You know, maybe a little bit of a shady businessman. But, you know, that's the business where we deal weapons. Now she knows that he is willing to have Tony kidnapped and killed you know she knows that he is capable of a much greater level of corruption and immoral illegal activity she might seriously it might be going through her head right now he is going to pull out a gun and shoot me in the head right here
0: yeah i mean when you see a video like this you just don't know what to expect of this person anymore.
1: based on this new information i have gotten about his character and, and his morals or lack thereof, I am in very real mortal danger right now. Right, right. From a person that I probably did not suspect that of when I walked into this room.
0: And what's really funny is the, everything that Obadiah is saying is essentially true, right? I mean, that's yeah. what's so interesting about it is is she has this this. This sense of fear from Obadiah because this new truth has been revealed to her and Obadiah clearly has this subtext of trying to figure out what game she's playing and what she's up to because he knows she's up to something but really he's he has this conversation with her which is very honest you know this whole idea that I don't know if uh, if Tony ever really did come back he left a part of himself in that cave never really coming home that whole aspect of it really is true. I mean, oh, he did come back a changed person. He's not the same mm-hmm. Tony he was. Yeah, And I think that that's a really interesting way that this scene plays out because it allows for so much more subtext to to be there in... Uh, in a scene that otherwise could be just kind of is a, a scene of these two people just talking about their friend and how sad it is that he's you know he's gone through this thing is not the same.
1: Yeah. So have you guys been able to make sense of, or maybe since this is the reveal of it, why did Obadiah have Tony kidnapped and killed in the first place?
0: No, it's a it's a difficult thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. It just you know other than obviously Obadiah wanting to uh, find an opportunity to take over the company. But even that doesn't necessarily make sense because he pretty much was in charge of the company anyway. Tony wasn't paying attention. Obadiah was dealing weapons under the table. He was doing everything that he needed to do and and it was all fine. So the only thing that made sense is that he just, uh, it was a power play where he's just like, you know, Mm -hmm. I have the, I have, I'm running the kingdom, but I don't technically have the keys to the kingdom. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I guess he's just decided I'm just going to take it over. I'm going to get rid of Tony so that um, I don't have to give these speeches anymore at these at these award shows praising Tony. I can now be the one who's actually getting all the glory.
1: Yeah, that's the, that is kind of the one thing I really would have liked is just like one or two more lines. Cause he does say, like, when I thought I was, when I, you know, was killing the goose that laid, thought I was killing the goose that laid the golden egg. And you sort of think, well, why were you killing the goose that? Laid the golden egg, you know, give us one more line about, you know, I've been propping you up for 20, 30 years while you drink yourself into a stupor and listen to the world tell you how great you are. Give me one, one more line that makes the motivation a little more concrete because there are times, there are times where his motivation seems to be, you know, I'm a very reasonable person businessman who sells weapons and you're trying to make us not weapons manufacturers there are times where his motivation seems to be i'm tired of propping up the alcoholic you know playboy party boy tony stark there are times where his motivation seems to be pure greed there are times where his motivation seems to be uh, you know just sort of maniacal evil especially in the later stage of the movie where he just sort of seems to have gone mad with power like i think one or two more lines would have just made would have just really kind of solidified what exactly his motivation and end goal was
0: well i think that speaks to the fact that they were still working on this they had a different Mm -hmm. bad guy planned for for a lot of this, and we're still trying to rewrite the ending as we were getting closer to the the finish of the film. I mean, it was the Mandarin initially, and then it was going to be the Crimson Dynamo. And uh, my understanding is Obadiah was actually going to be saved to be the villain in a later film. And I, they decided they were enjoying Jeff Bridges so much that they wanted to stick with that. And so I think they revised a lot of this to build into this ending. And a lot of that stuff does end up starting to feel shoehorned as we now have made this shift from being this, uh, kind of, you know, the, the B, the B level bad guy, the business corporate bad guy, Mm -hmm. um, with Raza seeming to be the main bad guy, um, to all of a sudden now Obadiah uh, front and center as our main villain. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And, and as it turns out instead, actually the A level bad guy was the starter bad guy and the be the yeah. bad guy was the, the final boss
0: yeah it it kind of it, it works i think in in context of kind of giving us a surprise and everything but at the same time it uh i, I think we're starting to hit a point where some of those cracks are going to start showing as they yeah. were figuring it out on the fly okay <clears throat> how can we end this so that it ends up working
1: yeah i think like i said it it's the same problem that um a movie that I really wish came out better, Star Trek Nemesis has, you know, the villain has Mm, like four motivations that are all kind of, none of them are motivation enough or motivating enough. Like just a, just a tweak would have, would have solidified more kind of why the, the why for Obi here.
0: Yep, Yeah. and that's a good call with uh, Star Trek Nemesis because it's uh, there's some interesting stuff there with that villain, but it never mm-hmm, quite yeah.
1: gels yeah, there, the way. It's it should. the same thing. There are times where he's doing it because he's evil. There are times where he's <laughs> doing it because he wants to conquer. There are times where he's doing it because he's helping the Remans get revenge. There are times where he's doing it because he's got the the uh, the existential dilemma of always being the clone of Picard. You know, yeah, the, right. It just needs a little bit of tweak to try and make it all more unified but yeah yeah
0: yeah um the conversation we have here i think it works a lot nicer than the conversation that was originally scripted um in the script obadiah surprises her with what a nice surprise and then pepper i just wanted to get some of my personal stuff and my resume in case she grins you know how i love job hunting obadiah how's tony pepper honestly i don't know he's shut me out obadiah you and everyone else Pepper, this thing between you, it's hurting him. You're the only real father Tony ever had. It would mean so much if you could just talk. Obadiah, matter of fact, Tony's imploding. It's unfortunate. You can—you should consider whether you want to take that ride with him. Pepper, unfortunate? Obadiah, you know I love Tony, but this is business. We can't save him, but we can save his legacy. Obadiah, it's tragic, but Tony never really came home, did he? This company has a bright future. I'd like you to be a part of it. He smiles and touches her cheek she shuts off the computer Tony Obadiah Tony doesn't understand your value he never did Pepper are you offering me a job Obadiah think about it come on I'll walk you out and that's the way that that scene plays out mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of an odd one although it does it does make it a little more clear that this that she kind of understands that she doesn't have a job anymore that that Tony's out so maybe she's out too which is something I hadn't even considered really And so she's getting her resume and and uh, he's kind of Mm. offering to keep her around, even though he it still is very clear that he's trying to figure out what she's up to.
1: Well, I mean, I would have figured that even if Tony leaves Stark Industries, that Pepper could still be his personal assistant, you know, even if it's not in the capacity of Stark Industries. But there's something really like when I'm watching this scene as it's filmed, I get a Vague note of, and when I listen to that, I get an even bigger kind of grosser note of. I don't want to call it sexual tension, but there's a little bit of a a note when I watch this scene of a powerful man referring to a younger woman as a you're a very remarkable woman, and it gives me an an unease.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very much a power play.
1: Yeah. And the idea of him touching her cheek makes it almost kind of grosser in a way that I don't think I don't think I would have liked.
0: Yeah, it's that's creepy the way he does it. Then, yeah. then it's just turning into straight up creep. And it just it, it all of a sudden it's like, OK, he was already the bad guy. And now it's just now it's just going to you know places that we didn't need to go to because it's just all of a sudden is super creepy. Um, I I think it's creepy enough as he's sitting here, he, you know, uh, just in his super low rumbly register, just kind of almost almost this weird monotone delivery with his lines like, you are a very rare woman, you know, just like a woman,
1: Miss Potts. Yeah, there's a there's a layer of subtext that I don't think they wanted out of this villain when the powerful man touches a young woman's cheek, cheek and essentially says, you want a job? Yeah. That yeah, that I don't, I don't think they were going for in this. We've yet. seen
0: enough of kind of those awful, awkward yeah. situations with uh, with powerful men and women already early in this film with Tony. We don't need any mm-hmm. more of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
1: yeah. The the other thing I noted, I, if I remember correctly, from it's been a while since I watched the behind the scenes on on this movie, but um, I think they said they wound up just either rewriting a lot of dialogue on the day, or else the actors wound up improvising a lot of it.
0: That's... They've talked about that pretty consistently throughout, and we've noticed that as you compare the script with with what is actually being said in many many scenes mm-hmm. throughout the film, yeah. is they continued to find ways to to just get things across in ways that made better sense that that moved us through scenes more efficiently, or in cases like this that also kind of. Um, kept the the tension there without having to make it you know, provide those awkward moments.
1: Breathe life and nuance into it, as into, yeah, as opposed to
0: even the yeah. way Obadiah sips his drink in this minute. Mm-hmm. You know, as as she's talking, Tony's a, a complex person, and he picks up his drink and, and takes that kind of I don't know it's, it's just a weirdly creepy sip and also with kind of bad audio the the way that the audio mix there it it just doesn't sound like the sip coincides with his actual mouth mm. but um but still it's just like all of that is creepy he kind of smacks his lips and then kind of goes into that whole thing about uh about tony just doesn't appreciate you and all this sort of stuff it's it's really I don't know. It's just nicely done so much better than the way that they wrote it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the benefit of, of, uh, that's part of the reason why you cast Robert Downey Jr. and Jeff Bridges and Gwyneth Paltrow so that they can bring a life to dialogue and to scenes that maybe wasn't there on the page in the same way.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have anything else for this minute. What about you? Uh, no, Uh, that's all I have for minute 94. Well, would you like to uh, remind everybody where they can find you out there on the interwebs?
1: Uh, yeah, check me out on Independence Day Minute, Galaxy Quest Minute, and Cleveland and 6, going deep into Major League, all on a podcatcher near you.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at Marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreal.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers.